So, it's Stuart Pink, I'm backstage at Latitude Festival with Johnny Cochran. Hello, Johnny. Hello there, Stuart. How you doing? I'm good. Nice to meet you. You joined the festival so far? All one hour of it? Uh, well, yeah, no, it's been, it's been a, a different way of uh, experiencing it this year. Um, a few years back, me, my, I, I met my fiance at Latitude. Oh. So, yeah, yeah, which is quite sweet. And, and we kind of come back every year. It's a bit of a pilgrimage, really, um, and to enjoy the festival. And I get booked to play here, so that's all of those reasons combined that bring me back every year. But this year is a bit different, as uh, she is expecting uh, a baby, my baby. Uh, should to clarify, <laughs> <laughs> a baby we don't know. Pretty sure it's yours. <laughs> Pretty sure. Uh, yeah. So, so we're expecting a child um, with like about two months to go. It really isn't a camping situation for us like we would usually do. So we're doing more fleeting visits this year. Nice, congratulations. Thank you very much, thank you very much. Yeah, we're delighted. I'll tell you what, this place makes you really, really broody as well. There's so many kids running around doing what they like, having it large. And now I just want to meet my son. I'm like, get out here already, come on. It could happen tonight. Well, to be honest, he's already wriggling like anything. He's, I think he's trying to get out. Uh, he's treating uh, the womb like um, uh, the geezer out of Shawshank Redemption, where he burrows <laughs> out. Like, I think he's going to come out that way and just look to the heavens like, oh, I'm free. Uh, be waiting for his friend Red <laughs> by the beach somewhere. So, yeah, he, he I think he might force his own labour because he's so active. But looking forward to it. <laughs> So, uh, did your eyes meet across the sheep in Latitude, or where, where did it happen? Um, we met um, basically by one of the dance stages, and she was pretty battered, which I, I looked at her and thought, great, I've got a chance. Uh, and um, it turns out she really wanted some water. So, and I had some water, so oh, tip for you guys listening right now, carry water and you could end up with a life partner out of it. <laughs> what, Luro? I always thought Luro was the thing. Um, yeah, but that's not a nice way to start something, is it? Not quite <laughs> as romantic. You ain't got any Luro, have you? Yeah, just need to wipe me. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can see myself sitting down with you, definitely. <laughs> Breaking down the barriers from day one. That's, uh... All good. So there are um, a lot of great comedians from Essex, obviously yourself and me included. Uh, so where did you cut your teeth in comedy? Um, I started just, well in London, I was living in London by that point, around 10 years ago now, well, it was just over 10 years. Um, and the thing is, I'd always thought I'd get into doing some kind of, you know, I don't like that phrase, but show business, you know. I always thought I'd be some kind of performer. And I've got a dreadful singing voice, um, so my options were limited. And I thought, right, get up there and see if you can do this. And the first gig wasn't an absolute disaster, so I carried on doing it. And then uh, it's kind of getting better and better. Really was interested in it, and um, yeah, kind of led to me gigging all around London, all around the country. You know, obviously up to Edinburgh as well um, for that kind of ritual. Um, but yeah, and obviously in other countries and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, I, I certainly think I am more localised these days. I don't tend to go around the country unless it's for like a, a good booking. I know, you know, it used to be more that I would just travel for odd gigs, but that doesn't really happen anymore. Yeah, keeping it local. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You, you gotta do, you gotta do really well to get me out of my county these days. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. 
so obviously you're Essex boy, you're from Harlow, would you say? Yeah, I am from Harlow, someone's got to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, to be honest, I, I, my mum's from there and I uh, obviously grew up there, but when I left um, and then I did a bit of travelling and ended up living in London after that and uh, I always thought I'll never go back to Harlow, never go back, like thank God I'm out of that place. I've just moved back this year, uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, they had me back like a like a like a cheating husband. I returned, <laughs> take me back, and they did. So uh, yeah, um, back where it all started, really. Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure you, I've seen you um, MCing at the Blackout, which is uh, a pretty scary place for new comedians to go and try out their stuff. With the potential to have your lights turned out on you within like a minute of doing your set. Uh, it's terrifying for a comedian uh, who's doing it and new to it. But what's it like to compare? Um, yeah, it's real. It's loads of fun, really. I mean, I, I think I'm at the stage now where my favourite part of comedy these days is just improvising and just riffing off the top of my head. Like it's a learned skill, which is, in my opinion, the hardest skill uh, to develop in comedy. Um, as when you start out, what you you tend to be a slave to your writing book. You know, like these are the jokes I've got, and if anyone shouts out, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Whereas, I love that stuff now. I love just going off the top of my head. So, I get to go in there and just play around, and you know, try bits and bobs, and just talk to the audience, and just try and you know, just generally be funny rather than needing all my particular jokes to land that I've been writing, you know, so yeah. it's fun for me, um, a bit more daunting for the new comedians, but it's also a good, and I know it firsthand from when I was a newer act, like it's a good proving ground, um, you know, some of the early com early gigs that you do as a, a, a budding comedian, you've got, a, you know, five people and a staff watching you, you know, and um, yeah. one of them's your mate he's brought along. It's very hard to judge how good you are or how good your material is without a responsive audience to sometimes just let you know if your joke's you know what I mean? So uh, that's what the blackout audience does. And yeah, like you say, if if you're not any good they'll turn they'll turn your lights off and that's not a metaphor for getting knocked out by the way just to be clear to the audience it's really bad yeah yeah um it's not that gladiatorial it's um it's uh once you get your lights that you have they're like your lifelines the house lights come down you've got to get off the stage so yeah a good proving ground for them uh, so, what's the worst thing you've ever seen at the blackout? Um, no, well, the thing is, is like when you when you watch like X Factor and Pop Idol and stuff, and you see someone who steps up, and you think, who in the world has encouraged you to do this? You know, you've got a horrendous voice. You know, you, you're not cut out for this kind of thing. Well, it's similar in comedy. You know, there are sometimes people get up, and you think, this is just from another planet. You know what I mean? This is a, like. Sometimes when someone tells a bad joke, you at least know what they're trying to do, and it just didn't work, you know, and go back to the drawing board, start again. Sometimes you see things, you're like, I don't know what's going on, like, what is this, you know? Um, and there's been, a, the thing is, is with newer acts, one of the mistakes they make is some of them try to battle their nerves by projecting overconfidence. So they come out, you know, everyone, all the audience know you're a new act, you come out and start having a go at the audience or, or even having a pop at me as I walk off, you know, it's like, mate, you're, you're out of your depth here. Just calm down and just do your stuff and see how it goes. Like, you know, yeah. so th those are probably 
those are probably the um, ones that um, that go the worst, really. Uh, you're you're here at an Attitude Festival, obviously. Have you done uh, many festivals before as a comedian? I do this one every year, really. As I say, I keep coming back um, for our little pilgrimage, but I've done it in different capacities as well, like uh, stand up on my own and uh, part of like uh, comedy package shows that I've done with my like double act partner. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's always funny latitudes because we've got quite a family feel. And as someone who's done some kids TV and stuff, like we've been here like planning like adult shows, you know, and then as soon as you go on, all the kids run to the front and you're like, oh, there we go, you know, um, and tone, tone the swearing down and whatnot. But then to be honest, I've seen some things from Max around here where even if there's kids knocking about, they don't hold back at oh, all. Go for it anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what I'm about to do out there as well. So <laughs> buckle up, kids. I'm going to teach you about life. Bring your kids for a full education. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, what's the most festival thing you've ever seen then in all your time doing the festivals? Um, most festival thing? I think, you know, when I was certainly, obviously this year we're not camping, but um, when we were camping there was one morning, we went to bed quite late and, you know, we're getting up, it's about midday and everyone's just, you know, holding their heads and with hangovers and whatnot. And uh, when we went to walk back into the uh, into the um, main arena, there was just some geezer who was still wandering around looking for his tent like the next day after the night before. It's, it's lunchtime, so disorientated, genuinely pleading with people for help. Like, well, where's my tent? Like we would know, you know. Oh yeah, uh, it's just over there. <laughs> and that's the, that's the spirit of a festival, isn't it? You know, it's got to be someone who is willing to let their hair down and go hard or go home. <laughs> you mentioned you uh, write for Beano yeah yeah so it's been an interesting development I mean one of the things um, as I mentioned we're expecting a child at the moment and uh, I certainly thought that um, see the thing about comedy is very it's a very volatile industry to be in it's very up and down and it can be quite a boom or bust you know which isn't the greatest situation when you're well, dare I say, settling down a bit more, you know. So, yeah. um, a great the great opportunity uh, presented itself for, to me because I was appearing on their Sky One show, um, doing some sketches with my uh, double act partner, I Nell Thompson. But um, yeah, it turned I was I was kind of like I would really like to just do this quite regularly, you know what I mean? Like to have something kind of ticking along, and yeah, I've ended up doing now I do you know work there for half the week and we will write sketches uh, I do I present for them um, yeah different bits of insight um, yeah and it's just ended up really really nice I mean it fits quite well with other bits that I do obviously CBBC and whatnot as well so it's not a stretch to do kids because I've already done it sounds terrible <laughs> kids tv do kids tv oh, yeah. um so uh yeah and um yeah but then it also lets me do all my other um other projects and interests and my adult comedy as well so yeah it's good what do you prefer writing best the kids stuff or the uh, or the adult stuff adult stuff there's no question i mean the thing yeah. is it's nice performing to kids and stuff and they it's great when they're you know enjoying it and stuff but you do have to, well, you have to censor yourself, obviously, but 
parents have to censor themselves every day, you know, and anyone who works with kids has to to a certain extent, but obviously as an adult, some of the things I'm thinking about and dealing with are adult issues, so I would rather naturally talk about them, you know, um, yeah. Uh, so what's coming up um, in, how can people get a bit more Johnny Cochran in their lives? Um, well, I'm, I'm working with Arsenal at the moment quite a bit, which is really cool and um, yeah so I, as part of what I do I do a lot of their match day programs so when there's a game on we will essentially do uh, yeah an Arsenal match day program kind of like a, a, a soccer Sunday for um, Arsenal fans which is on arsenal.com and Facebook um, but we're also launching the Arsenal podcast um, with ex-Arsenal player Jeremy Alliadier and uh, one extra DJ Nick Bright so that's coming out really soon do keep your eyes peeled i don't know when this is going out but it might be by the time it's out if it is check it out it's going to be on arsenal's all over arsenal socials uh and make sure you download it from the uh from the uh, apple podcast store um and give it a listen um yeah apart from that i'm still working with mtv which is uh, always good and um yeah just kind of i i think any ter- in terms of future comedy projects, obviously, I'm trying to get through a little bit of real life living first. <laughs> yeah, transitioning. Uh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> transitioning to getting no sleep uh, for a few months. And then, um, yeah, I think in the new year, we might be looking at a new, a new show. But uh, yeah, if you're interested, uh, you can get me on my socials at Johnny I. Cochran. And that's J-O-H-N-N-Y-I-C-O-C-H-R-A-N-E. And um, follow me, and then you can kind of keep up to date with things I'm doing if I have a time, ever have time to update it. <laughs> <laughs> Very important to search for Cochrane with an E on the end. Yeah, Because it's exactly. obviously another Johnny Cochrane who's quite famous. Exactly, and I will not get you off a murder charge, okay? That's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, have you had people write to you about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can try, but um, yeah, it's, it, it, it doesn't work out very well. So we expect to see a new show then in a couple of years or a year's time, all yeah. about you becoming a dad. I think so. I think so. Um, sometimes, like this is one of the things, you know, comedy. It's like it's like music, you know, any any art really. Sometimes you have to just do a bit of living to generate things you're talking about. I, I found myself at times I, when I do comedy shows, I do still have jokes in my repertoire which are I can hear in my head that the voice of a different, like a younger man, and Whereas, like, when you're having a kid and you're getting married and, you know, buying a house, these are things that you have to sometimes do to move on to the next step and, and then you have more things to connect with your audience about who have often always also done those things as well, you know? Yeah. I suppose your audience grows up with you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much that's uh, the case. Um, although, uh, when they keep them... Uh, writing on like YouTube comments or whatever, going, I swear I know that guy from somewhere. He's on CBBC. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's me, that's me. So yeah, they they do grow up. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 nice to kind of foster that audience, you know. Thirty years time, you get the kids who've been reading the Beano coming to see the adult stand up. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, in general, we're at Beano.com as well for the Beano stuff. So. Uh, check it out. If you've got any kids who, yeah, want to laugh? Check that out as well. You see me on there for sure. We'll have a look. Thank you, Johnny. It's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been a, my pleasure as well. Good luck becoming a dad and have a great set today. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Cheers.
This is Johnny Cochran and you're listening to Stuart Pink on Phoenix FM.